Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. We're, we're closing this morning, and um, I, I really feel like, thank you so much, Pastor Aaron. I really feel like this morning uh, is a very, very important morning. Uh, someone just say important. important. Uh, we give our attention to things that are important. We give our priority to things that are important. And I say that because I, I really do believe this is an important morning uh, for, for any, any of you in here that you really do have a desire to go home and to not be the same person in, in two weeks' time. Uh, anybody by a show of hands, you would say, God did something in your life this week. Okay, that, that's a lot of people. Uh, any of you by a show of hands, uh, you, you would, along with me, you would admit, you would say that you've been to camps or conferences or church services before where God really did do something in your life, but in one, two, three weeks time, you were right back to the same place you were before camp. Anybody like, that's, that's so many of us. And, and I want to talk this morning uh, from this subject. If you're taking notes, you can write this down, which by, by the way, someone say, by the way. Uh, this morning, uh, Brad, you can go ahead and start my timer. I have 20 minutes on the dot. We have a hard 11 a.m. start time. It is 1018. Uh, we're going to take communion this morning. Uh, we're going to talk about response cards this morning. And uh, then Pastor Kenny is going to crown all the champions of the different tournaments. And so we got a lot of stuff to cover. And so for that reason, see this, see this Bible? I will not open this Bible this morning. Here's what that means. Uh, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures and I'm going to give you a lot of thoughts because it's going to be really important for you to understand uh, some keys for, for moving forward. But that means that you, someone take your pointer finger and just say me. me. That means that you have to take responsibility this morning to write down the ingredients so you can go home and cook. We, we get so used to people cooking for us and feeding us that we don't learn how to cook for ourselves. I got married, and the only thing I knew how to do was make Eggo waffles and pour bowls of cereal. Be- because my mom cooked for me. I got married, and I didn't know how to do laundry. Because, well, it wasn't because I didn't want to. My mom was like, you keep messing it up. Just please go sit down. I will do your laundry. But, like, we, we have to learn to cook for ourselves. And so I'm going to give you a bunch of ingredients today. Someone say Ingredients. And you have to go home, you have to open your Bible, and you have to cook for yourself. And if you do, it will be highly beneficial. If you don't, I'll see you right back here at the altar next year, and we'll be praying for the same thing. That, that's, just, that's just the reality. By the way, Pastor Aaron's the greatest amener of all time. I sit next to him, and I want to amen his amens. Like, he's like, amen, and I'm like, no, amen that, Pastor Aaron. He's the greatest amener of all time. So here, here, here's the title of what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, you can write this in your notes. I, w- I want to preach or teach, preach, teach, talk, whatever it is from, from this thought. Forward, for real. Someone say, for real. Forward, for real. I want to talk this morning, how do you actually move forward, but like, for real this time? 
because there's a ton of people in here. You've been coming to camp for a long time. Now, maybe some of you are like, actually, Pastor Brandon, this is my first time ever coming to camp. This is a little bit heavy-handed. Well, okay, you're off the hook. But, but I want to help you to not experience what the rest of us experience, and that is this cliche term, the mountaintop experience followed by a valley life. So here's, here, here's kind of the, the, the premise that I want to give you this morning, and it's this, that as a youth pastor, as a youth leader, all the youth, pa- youth pastors, youth leaders, just put your hands up real quick, okay, that as youth pastors and youth leaders, sometimes we don't tell the truth. And, and it's, it's not that we are, are, are deceiving you or not telling the truth intentionally, but ha- have you ever been in this place before where um, you really want something to be true and, and there's a truth to it, but it's not all the way true? You, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, I, I wish that were true. And it's kind of true, but, but it's not the whole truth. And, and here, here's, here's what I'm talking about. We say and we sell. By the way, I've been a camp director for uh, this camp for maybe five, six years, but I've been doing, been doing camps for a long time. I've been doing youth ministry for a very long time. And I have sold this line. Camp will change your life. Camp is life changing. It's transformative. You'll never be the same again. Run to the altar and forever you will be different. The only problem is is that's not true. The, the, The only issue is that's actually not the truth. And the proof is in the pudding, if you will. Because if that were true, then when I said, how many of you have had a camp experience before, but you went home and in two weeks you were the same person, nobody would have raised their hands. Because what God has done this week and what God has done at camps historically, um, it's real. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's significant. What we've been doing this week is not just hype. It's it's not lights and lasers and good and, and and like good vibes. No, the presence and power of God is here in a real way. However, someone say however. However, the Bible doesn't actually teach us that. That relationship with God is, is these, these encounters and these moments that leave us forever different. That's actually not the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible you will find that people have encounters with God and they're never, that's not, you, you won't find it. Well, well, Brandon, what about the Apostle Paul? Like I, like, I just think about him off the top of my head and he was like on a donkey on the road to Damascus to go kill Christians and like to, 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 to keep doing what he was doing. And God knocked him off of his donkey. True. But, but if you investigate, Paul then went into years of, of development and transformation. See, here's what you got to realize. Camps, conferences, church services, encounters with God in your bedroom, like... They, 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 they bring conviction to our heart. They, they, they mark us. God calls us, but it's the starting point. Well, hold, hold on, Brandon. What about salvation? Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that when I got saved, I became a new creation in Christ. All things were made new. The old is gone. Can I get an amen? amen. Facts. However... What about Hebrews 10, 14? It says, by one sacrifice, we have been forever. Someone say forever. Forever. Forever we've been made perfect. So when you got saved forever, you have been perfected 
Romans 5, 1 through 2 says, therefore we've been justified, declared right with God by faith, and we're forever at peace with God. However, Hebrews 10, 14 says, by one sacrifice you have forever been made perfect while you are still in the process of being made holy. And, and I, I just want to maybe publicly apologize for all the youth pastors and youth leaders, maybe starting with myself to say, hey, I'm so sorry that we have maybe told a, a truth that isn't all the way true. And that is that camps and conferences and moments with God, they're powerful, they're life-changing to an extent, but they're the starting point. By the way, could I just say to all the youth pastors, youth leaders in the room, it's a really big deal in the days that we are living in right now that we seek to get good understanding of Scripture and we give ourselves to learning how to articulate that well. Because here's what I'm overwhelmed with at times. God has given us influence. And here's what that means. We say things that the people God has put in our life to shepherd, they receive as doctrine and theology. And if we are not careful, we say things because we want them to be true. We say things because we feel them. We say things because we're inspired, but it's just not the Bible. And then, and then we wonder why when, when, when our young people get older and they go, yeah, this actually isn't working. It's, well, hold on, like, but I'm doing the equation. It actually doesn't add up. It's not. And we wonder why they walk away. It's, be, it's because possibly we have given doctrine and theology that actually isn't the Bible. And so we got to get good understanding of what the Bible says and learn how to articulate it so we can equip ourselves and the people we are, our pastors and leaders over to be able to live life successfully in the kingdom of God before God. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. So I I, want to, in 11 minutes and 40 seconds, I want to share a a thought from a passage and I want to give you two points. Can I do that? Now, you need your notes because I can't read scripture today. I don't have time. And so I'm going to give you a ton of scripture under these points. And you need to write it down and go home and cook. Someone say cook. All right. So write this down. Uh, Not Ephesians. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. What you will see in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 10 is a story that maybe you've heard of. uh, Maybe you've seen it like in cartoon form in Sunday school. Or maybe you've read it, Bible scholars. But it's the story of Moses. Someone say Moses. And the burning bush. The story goes something like this. Moses is out tending his father-in-law's flock. And and Moses rolls up on a burning bush. Now, I don't mean like a bush that was just on fire because someone decided to be an arsonist. Uh, it, It was an actual manifestation of God. The Bible says God, he appeared to Moses in a burning bush. And and Moses comes upon this burning bush and he goes, What in the world? The bush is on fire fire, but it's not burning. The, the, the bush is like blue flames right now, but it's not be, being, being consumed. And the Bible says it was the angel of the Lord appearing to Moses in the burning bush. Now, what the passage says is that Moses then, he turned, remember, he's, he's tending his father, father-in-law's flock. So he's on a mission, but he stops. Someone say stop. stop. He stops. He says no to this, essentially, we'll get there. And he goes, I need to turn aside and see what this is. And the Bible says, then, someone say then. Then the Lord began to speak to Moses. And God began to reveal himself to Moses. 
Then, someone say then. then. God says, Moses, take off your sandals for where you're standing is holy ground. By the way, be more kind to people. Someone told me this morning, I will not say who it was, but they said, you need to put some socks on because you have ugly toes. And I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You can leave camp. They're at home. I'm kidding. Um, but, 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 but God said, take off your sandals for where you are is holy ground. And so Moses takes off his sandals, taking off my sandals, an un, un, unintentional sermon illustration. And, and he, he steps forward and then God begins to reveal to Moses, not just who he is, but the calling and the assignment that God has on Moses' life. I knew I was closing this morning, so I resisted the urge. But can I tell you what I feel so strongly? And I, I talked to Pastor Aaron, and I feel like there's some agreement. I feel so strongly that the corporate word for your seasonal assignment is, is, is one word. It's this. It's grow. Yes, sir. It's growth. Yes, sir. We get so focused on, like, God, where are you calling me to go? What are you calling me to do? What's the purpose of my life? Will I be a biologist or a second grade teacher? That, that we take our eyes off of the only one who can actually reveal purpose. And, and I just feel like what God may, may be saying to us this morning is, do you want to know what your seasonal assignment is, what you are to go home and give yourself to? It is to grow. See, what we see in, in Exodus is something that we, we could learn a lot from because Moses goes and sees the burning bush and he doesn't stop there. Do you know why a lot of us don't move forward for real? Because we stop at the burning bush. We go, whoa, oh man, lights, lasers, good songs, good vibes. I got prayed for. I'll never be the same again. Whoa, I'm changed. But, but you're not though. And, and what we can learn from Moses is that this encounter he has with God causes him to go, hold, hold on. I need to turn aside for a second and see what this is. I want you to write this down. First thought I want to give you this morning is simply this, that if you're going to move forward for real, you got to start saying no so you can say yes. <clears throat> you have to start saying no so you can say yes. Just real, real quick, um, young man, how many hours in a day do you get? 24, okay, thank you, thank you so much. Hold on to that. Um, Pastor Glenn Roth, sharp haircut. How many hours in a day do you get? 24. 24, okay. Just cheetah girls. You, go you guys need to confess because they got robbed last night. Cheetah girls, how many hours in a day do you get? Okay. So we, we all get the same amount of hours in a day. So it seems to me that our problem is that we do not have time. It seems to me that our problem is stewardship. That we're saying yes to a lot of things we shouldn't say yes to that are deciding in advance the no we have to, 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 to say to God. I want, I want you to write this down. Uh, my my sub-point, uh, throw it up there, Brad. Uh, we we got to start saying yes to things like daily time with God. We got to start saying yes to things like being in church. The Bible goes, those whose feet are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of their God. Do you want a life that flourishes? Plant your feet in the house of God. We got to start saying yes to things like giving and serving and saying, God, how can I be used by you in my local church, in my community to make an impact and make a difference? We got to start saying yes to the right relationships, to the right people. But so many of us, we are saying yes to things that God did not ask us to say yes to. You don't need to play on 35 sports teams. You don't need 17 hobbies. 
You, you don't need to be on YouTube for 35 hours in a day. It's not even possible, but you figured it out. And we say yes to things. And then, and, and then, then we do this. Yeah, man, I feel really drawn to God. I just, I just man, I just, I'm, I'm busy. I don't have time to, nope. Time is not the issue. Stewardship is. Time isn't the issue. Your, your yes to things that are wasting your time and wasting your life is the issue. And, and you just got to realize that God did not begin speaking to Moses until Moses turned aside. God, God didn't start talking. So, so many of us, we want a word from God. God does not start speaking till you give him your attention. And all you experienced this weekend was a moment of conviction and calling. God, God trying to get your attention, but you haven't heard anything yet. Pastor Brandon, I'm here at the altar, please. I need a word. Like, I, I can appreciate that, but what you need more than a word is you need to give God your time and your attention so in his presence he can give you a word. Right. Right. Second thing that I want you to write down is this, point number two, that we got to start separating ourselves from sin. Yes. About it, sir. So, so notice in this Exodus passage, that God doesn't start speaking till, till Moses makes a decision to say no to this and yes to this. You want God to speak? You want to grow? You want intimacy with God? You want to move forward for real? You need to go home. You need to get your youth pastor, get your youth leader. You need to get your mom, get your dad and say, hey, will you help me to decide and determine what am I saying yes to right now that, that is distracting me from the yes I should be giving to, to God? Is it a relationship? Is it a sports team? Is it a What is it? But, but, but secondly, notice that God doesn't really reveal purpose and plan and calling until Moses takes his sandals off. He goes, Moses, this is, this is a holy thing. This, this, this is a sacred thing. So I need you to be sacred. We won't read it, but 2 Timothy 2, 23, 22, it says this, that in a great house, someone say great house. The house of God is a great house. And Apostle Paul goes, in a great house, there's some vessels for honor, some for dishonor. In my house, let me translate, we have adult cups and we have sippy cups. And, and, and he says th there's different cups. And anyone who desires to be a vessel of honor, to be used by God, must cleanse himself. Look at your neighbor and say, do it yourself. Why, why do we wait on God to do things that God's asked us to do? And so we, we got to separate ourselves from sin. And my sub point, you can write this down. I want you to get this in your heart. It's sim simply this, that we got to start making the choice to confess sin, reject sin, create boundaries, and get accountability. All right, so uh, Brad, Brad, circle back to that, that, that second slide, or uh, point number two, because I want to give you some of these scriptures. So 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 22, it says, cleanse yourself. Someone say, do it yourself. Cleanse yourself. And then God will begin to use you in a supernatural way. I love this. Romans 6, uh, 12 through 14 says, hey, stop giving yourself as a tool to sin. Stop, stop going, all right, my hands, my mind, my eyes, my body, my time, enemy, do whatever you, he goes, no, no, no. Don't present your life to, to, to the devil for sin. Present your life to God and say, God, my whole life, my hands, my heart, my mind, my eyes, every, God, this, it belongs to you for your service. 
I love this scripture. Uh, Proverbs 22, 3, it says this, that a wise man, someone say wise man, that a wise man foresees evil and hides himself. I really, I really appreciate that you came to the altar and that you, and, and that you repented and, and that you confessed sin and, and you got right with the Lord. I don't want to discount that. But can I tell you what I appreciate just as much or even more? That you go home and you start foreseeing evil and going, nope, not going to that party. Nope, I'm not answering that text. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. It is way too late at night for me to be on the internet alone in my bedroom. The, the Bible goes, get smart. In other words, stupid people can't see what's happening in the future, and so they keep making the same mistake. You keep going to the same house, putting yourself in the same environment, in the same situation, thinking that you're going to stop making sexual compromise. You dumb. It's stupid. The Bible goes, a wise man foresees evil. He goes, you know what? I actually can't. I actually can't go there anymore. I actually can't hang out with those people anymore. I I actually can't keep because if I do, I'm presenting myself to the enemy as as a tool, a vessel for unrighteousness. I love this Proverbs twenty six eleven. It says that just like a dog goes back and eats his own vomit. I love dogs, but dogs are gross. A fool, someone say a fool. fool. Look at your neighbor and say, it might be you. (laughs) The Bible says a fool, one more time, someone say fool. Fool. A fool repeats his folly. Do do you know what the Bible says is foolish living? It's going to camp, feeling the the, the conviction, this chair is so broken, feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit feeling like God is calling you to do something, getting, getting so convinced that you have boldness to go to the altar and say, God, I need you. Fill me with your spirit. I confess sin to you. God, God, would you fill me? Would you, would you give me a word? Would you, would you anoint me? Go into your leader and say, hey, this is what's going on. Pray for me. The Bible goes, foolish living is doing that and then going home and not making the choices and creating the boundaries to keep you there. Some of you, you already have plans for today of what you're going home and you cannot wait to do. Hey, the Bible goes, there's, there's no condemnation, but it doesn't mean you cannot be classified as a fool. I'm, I'm not condemning you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not throwing stones at you. I, I did it for a lot of my teenage years. I'm just saying you're stupid. And, and we're fooling ourselves. You're fooling yourself. To think that you can go back to the same patterns, the same habits, and not end up in the same place. The Bible teaches us, the Bible teaches us that, that life with Jesus, and then we're going we're to do communion, and I'm done because the clock says zeros. The Bible teaches us this, that life with God is not about willpower and determination. It's, it's not. But here's, here, I'll just submit, I think part of our issue is that we think that, that serving Jesus is kind of like lifting weights. If I, just, if I just push hard enough, then, but it's not willpower and determination. So we go, well, you know, I, I'm, I, I can go back and do the same things, but this time, God, I promise to you, God, I, I swear right here, I'm going to try harder. No, 
Because it's not willpower and determination. It's twofold. It's the, it's the grace of God, and it's biblical living. It's saying, God, empower me. Give me your grace. There's no temptation that, that's coming to me that I don't have the ability to say no because sin no longer has hold on me. However, God's grace... The doctrine of God's grace is pursuing righteousness and fleeing sin. And so I go, cool, it, with this, I'm going to now just start making good choices and saying, God, lead my life. Help me to foresee evil and, hi- and hide myself. And I'm telling you, if you will, someone say, if I will. If you will go home and, and, and you, will, you will just go, all right, here's my list of no's because, the, because these are my yeses. If you'll go home and, and you will like, you'll, you'll turn aside, I promise you, God will begin to speak. God will begin to reveal himself to you in a way that you've never seen him before. You'll begin to grow in intimacy and closeness to him like never before. I promise you, if you will go home and you go, all right, I'm separating myself from sin. I'm confessing it. I'm going, nope, not going there. That is a big no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to set boundaries, get people to hold me accountable. I promise you, not only will you grow with God, but you'll begin to have clear picture of the purpose the plan. And this is how it works. And what I love about God is that God goes, hey, it's kind of like math, man. One plus one equals two. And I'm inviting you into an equation that every single time it gives life. The enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come and you may have. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.